Good morning, everybody. How many of you are thankful to be in the house of God today? We're going to start off with some worship, so let's put our hands together.
this morning. We praise you, Lord. You're so good. Oh, his mercies endure forever. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good all the time. So I want you to high five your neighbor as you find your seat and just tell them they look good. They look good. Lindsay, you look real good this morning. So I appreciate y'all cheering on my wife. I just want to say welcome home uh, to Dothan First. And if you're a first time guest with us this morning, it is our honor to welcome you. But maybe you've been here for a while and you haven't gotten connected yet. We want to welcome you as well, even if you're watching online. So Dothan First, can we welcome our first time guest this morning? Come on, you can do better than that. We're so glad you're here. We want to welcome you. If you'll do us the honor, if you don't mind, taking out your smart device or grabbing the connect card in the pew in front of you, uh, there's a, f or a few other things. Uh, texting D1TEXT to 84576. That is one of the main ways we connect and follow up with a lot of our guests. So please do that right now. You can sign up to, uh, for prayer if you have a prayer request. You can sign up for life group, share testimony baptism take your next steps in faithful obedience and then also for child dedication which we're going to celebrate one of those here momentarily but we want to encourage you to do that but also if you're a first-time guest and you do fill out a physical connect card we ask you that if you'll hold on to that until after the service as we exit today you can drop it in one of the giving boxes located in the back of the room as you exit and then our pastors and some of our leadership team would love to meet you and connect with you. So as you exit after service today, there's going to be a room to your left. It's going to say guest reception. Please pop in there. We have uh, some light refreshments, but we, ju we just would love to introduce ourselves and get to know you better. So Dr. First, can we welcome our guests one more time? So glad that they're here. Oh man, and I, I love our church so much just because we love God and love people well, amen? And uh, yesterday we, uh, we had the opportunity to uh, do our Feed Dothan Outreach. And I uh, just want to give you an update. We're going to watch a recap video here in a moment. But yesterday we served so many new families. Almost 100 boxes were served. And that was because of your giving and your generosity and your faithfulness. We had fun. We prayed. We served our city. So I just ask just in this brief moment if you'll turn your attention to the screen and watch this recap video.
Come on, Doug. The first you can make some noise for those families and your serving and your generosity. It was amazing. And in that video, uh, Pastor Mark, just one of the families in particular, we got to meet a man named Dwayne, and uh, our hearts just connected immediately, and he just shared his story. And that's really what it's about. Serving isn't what we do, it's who we are. Amen? So uh, it was just a great opportunity for us to do that. We just want to continue to remind you of things going on here at Dothan First, moments like those. But uh, uh, this Wednesday, there will be no regular services on any parts of our uh, facility or our campus. Um, we just want you to enjoy as much time with your family as you can. I know some of you have family that's already in town. So we want you to enjoy this time of uh, fellowship with one another. My prayer is that as much food as you eat, you don't gain any weight. And so just keep eating and eating. I know men, we don't have an off switch sometimes, so please enjoy that deep fried turkey. And my address, I'll tell you where it's at after if you want to send me a plate. But uh, enjoy this time of Thanksgiving. So no services this Wednesday. Uh, also, the following Wednesday, November the 30th, uh, the youth students, Youth First, we're doing something called Pins for Purpose. It's a Speed the Light fundraiser. And it's hosted, uh, the idea actually came from our very own Peyton Wood. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Peyton. Uh, when I got here, my first my, my first uh, event, summer camp with uh, Peyton, I just felt like the Lord told me to tell him. And many of you, you know him in relation to uh, who his grandfather was, who used to be the pastor here. But I told him that I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, you'll see more than your grandfather has seen. And he's really just grabbed a heart for missions. And uh, he's helping us put this together, him and his sister and his family. So uh, November 30th, that Wednesday, we'll, uh, we're going to be bowling. Uh, to raise money for Speed the Light to continue to spread the gospel all across our world. So, yeah, give it up for these students. They're my favorite. They know it. So uh, at, at, at the end of service today, please, out in the lobby, you'll see a table to your right. Please sign up to sponsor. You can do a, a dollar a pin. You can do a hundred a pin. You know, I, I just, you know, we're trying to raise as much money as possible. But whatever you feel led to do, you can do a one-time donation, whatever it is. Please partner with these young people uh, as we try to find creative ways, fun ways to continue to spread the gospel all over the world. Amen. So it's going to be a great, great event. Also, I want to remind you of Fostering Hope. Uh, many of you, as you came in today, if not all of you, you saw uh, that our Fostering Hope table is in the middle of our lobby. And uh, we, we ask you to uh, grab a paper ornament. We're not going to twist your arm, but we really want you to do that because uh, on, that, on that ornament, there's children's information. And um, those cards are due back Sunday, December the 4th. And we just want to remind you during that time, you'll be able to benefit from Black Friday sales and things like that. But I was talking to Pastor Michelle this morning. And the reason we want you to do this, for a number of reasons, they're also, as you go to that car, let me say this first. Uh, there's a $6 personalized um, stocking that comes with that. We ask you to do that for this reason, because in the system, these children, these children are recognized by a number, and we want them to know that they're recognized by a name. They're sons and daughters of God. And so we want to partner with these children to continue to uh, give them hope during this time to just let them know, hey, there's a family that may not have, that, that hasn't met you that wants you to know you're loved. So if you don't mind after service today grabbing an ornament, please uh, utilizing this time of just rest to uh, meet the needs of, or the wishes of a, a foster child this, during this Christmas season. And remember, those are due back by December the 4th and grab the paper ornaments. And today's going to be a great day, amen? So I ask right now, if you don't mind, if you'll give it up for our pastors, Mark and Michelle Benson. It's a great day to celebrate, and we get to celebrate a family today as they dedicate 
their little one to the Lord. And what a joy and an honor it is to be able to partner in celebration for these dedication moments because it really is something that's special that will always be remembered. That this moment we brought that child to the Lord and said, Lord, this child is yours. And this child's going to have special plans that God had in mind from before even uh, he took his first breath. So we're excited about that yes, today. Yes, we have the honor this morning of dedicating Lim Grayson DeVore. And I'm going to have his family come on up here, his tribe that's here. If y'all give him a big round of applause. Yeah, yeah his, and all the family. Yes, come on, some of them came his, in from Baltimore, right? His, his parents are Job and Kayla DeVore. And his sister is Miss Olivia, and I'm just gonna have them come on up here. And if you've never talked to Olivia, you, you are missing out. Let me just tell you something. She'll tell you what is going on, right? But it's so great to have you guys here as part of the family of God, but here at Dothan First. I know you guys moved here a couple years ago from Baltimore, Maryland. And um, are you liking sweet tea now? I thought, yes, okay, all right, yes. Yes. So, um, but Job works in the boys' ministry, and, and Kayla is in um, our kids' uh, first church junior. And uh, we're just so happy that you're here. And you've got family here from Maryland this morning. So, we're so happy to have them here with us today. Well, Lim, you know, I'm so excited to be able to dedicate you this morning. When I looked up your name, buddy, this was, this, you're going to love this, Mom. Lim means strong mind and determined protector. And I love that because I love the term, the, the word determination, because that's what keeps us moving. That's what keeps us focused on a goal. And it's that inner strength that God puts within us to keep our focus on and our on our goals. And I thought it was interesting when I asked you, tell me a little bit about Lim's personality. And you said, well, he loves and he loves really big because he is a very loving kid. But the other thing that you said is he is very determined to keep up with his big sister. <laughs> so I think he's marked with determination. And I speak and declare that over him today, that the determination that God put within him would be used as you steer him in the things of the Lord and in the house of the Lord, I declare that that determination will be used to build the kingdom of God. And the scripture that I have over you this morning, Lim, yes, you see yourself? Who is that? <laughs> this is the scripture that I have over you this morning. It's out of Romans 12, verses 11 and 12. Never be lacking in zeal, Lim, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. In Jesus' name. That's so great. And today, we're going to take a moment of dedication, solemn dedication. And I'm going to read to you a charge that really is a scriptural principle for all parents that we ought to take on the responsibility of raising up our children in a spiritual way. And so as we dedicate Liam to the Lord today, I'm gonna invite you into this solemn dedication and I'm gonna read this charge to you. And if you agree with it, you just simply say, we do. All right, so here it is. Do you now present Liam 
before God in solemn dedication, promising to bring him up in the nurture, the discipline, and the love of the Lord. And by regularly fellowshipping with other believers in a Christ-centered church family so that he can be taught to be a part of a church family. If so, say we do. <laughs> and with God's help, do you promise to bless Liam by modeling the teachings of Jesus and training him up in the practices of prayer and guiding him toward building Christ-like character? If so, say we do. And do you now promise and commit to pray and believe God for his future that you have been entrusted with this miracle of life and now you're going to guide Liam in following the example of your lives by following Jesus as, as your personal Lord and Savior that one day he would come to know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior if so say we will so today I bless you in this journey and you've got a church family here that's ready to help you in that journey of faith and you've got a support system of family and friends who love you and love these little ones and I'm so blessed that Olivia is standing up here so pretty and looking so sharp and so sweet she's gonna be able to take care of Liam sometimes and um, I just want and he's pointing out to anyone who may be watching online today he just says he, he wants you to be here He's calling you out. He's saying, you, you can be here. Uh, but today, we're going to bless him with a word of prayer. Can we take a moment as a church family? Just stretch out your hands toward little Liam as though you got your hand on his little shoulder and on these parents' shoulders today. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for Liam. And I bless him today in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the honor and the joy and the celebration of his dedication today. God, we speak over his mind that he would have the mind of Christ in all things, that he would know your word and that he'd help others to know your word as well. Now, I bless his parents, God, as they're serving in, in the ministry of raising family and raising kiddos. And we just speak blessing over them that as they walk in faith and faithfulness and determination, like little Liam's name means, that God, in the determination of their heart to serve you, I pray that others would be blessed by this amazing family. And we bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can you give it up for this family? And we're going to go ahead and take a picture right now. All right. All right. And we got a special gift that we want to give to you today. Oh, you are so sweet. Thank you so much. You look so pretty. I love your pretty bow. And here's a gift. Can you just hold that and give that to mom? When Can you do that? All right. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. And thank you so much. One more time. Give it up for them. Amen. Amen. Well, today as we partner with families, we stand alongside families. Today we also stand alongside the Odessa family. And Miss Joan, who'd been a part of this church for many, many years, and she and her husband, John, served so faithfully in many capacities that she went home to be with the Lord this week. And today, all of heaven rejoices. The Bible talks about the, the sweetness of a saint going to be with the Lord. And so that was her devotion. That was her prayer. 
is that she would one day be with her husband again and one day be with her Lord. And so today, if you want to be part of that homegoing celebration service, the visitation is going to be at Sunset Funeral Home at 1 o'clock, and then the funeral will be at 2 o'clock today. But we just want to say, when, when we partner with God, you understand that the things that we do for Christ on this earth will one day be rewarded in heaven. We're going to see a reward. Just like what, uh, what Pastor Will talked about just a few moments ago, when we give unto the Lord, when we give generously and we give faithfully unto the Lord, the Bible says that we're rewarded because of that. And I want to show you just one of the rewards of the 60 different missionaries that you support because of your faithfulness and your giving and your generosity that people's lives are being touched and changed for eternity. Can you turn your attention to the screen for just another moment as we highlight Vapor Ministries, one of the many missionaries that we support faithfully and monthly because of your generosity. We only have one life. We can waste it or invest it. And you are investing. The hands of Jesus are touching as your giving fuels our reach. Hungry tummies are filling. Dry tongues are being quenched. Desperate minds are being sharpened. And healing is chasing poor health away. And above it all, Eternity is singing as the gospel is rolling up into full hearts and tremendous praise. One life, a vapor. Thank you for investing, for multiplying life. Thank you for meeting needs, feeding souls, and elevating God. Great is your reward. so thankful for Vapor Ministries and everything that they do. And I just want to provide another missions update. You saw it on the screen, but I want to share it with you. Because of your generosity in partnering with Vapor Ministries and other similar organizations, we've provided over 50 million cups of clean drinking water over the past 12 months. Can you give it up for yourselves? That's amazing. And it's just an honor that we're not just feeding people physically, we're feeding them spiritually all across the world. And now is the time where we get to give. If you've been blessed, just say amen. And uh, I'm so thankful for everyone in this house of your generosity and everything else. But I'm reminded in this moment that the Bible talks about that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Those who don't give out of compulsion, but those who give just because they love to give. And so uh, on the screen in a moment, you're going to see five ways for you to partner with us. Uh, we want to... Not just challenge you, we encourage you. This is a biblical thing. This is not us just saying, hey, we just, we need resources, but we want to continue to spread the gospel everywhere we can. And so on those five ways, um, I just please utilize them in whatever means necessary. But also during this time of uh, continued worship, I'm going to go ahead and ask our elders, if they don't mind, to go ahead and go to their various stations of prayer. These elders are here for you. They want to pray and believe for your healing. If you need a touch from God as we go back into worship in this moment, that you're like, hey, I came here today and I'm hurting in my body. They want to pray and uh, believe for God's healing power to uh, invade your space. So they're going to be under this exit sign on my left, your right, and on this exit sign over here. And there'll be another elder up in the balcony. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, if you don't mind, if you'll stand, especially as you're already preparing to give, as we get ready to go back into worship. 
whether you need a physical touch in your body or you're just, uh, if you have that offering in your hand and you just want God to bless it wherever you are, I'm going to pray in just a moment because this is starting our, our moment back into worship. Amen? So if you don't mind, if you'll just go ahead and put your hands up beside you as a sign of surrender, just even right now over your body, your finances, wherever it is, and just say, uh, as if to say, Father, I'm surrendering right now in this moment. My pride, my issues, the argument I had maybe before I got here, my preconceived notion, Father, I'm just asking right now that you bless your people, that as we get ready to go back into worship, all the issues and the things that we struggle or face, that they fade in the face of Jesus. And Father, I'm believing for healings to take place during our moments of worship. As we are giving back to you everything you've given to us, we pray that it brings you honor and glory because these next moments that we share with you, we want to make sure we lift up the name of Jesus, that we live in your word because we want you to inhabit the praises of your people. We want you, we want you to rest in this place. So Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you for every good thing that's going to take place today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said real loud, amen. Come on, let's worship together.
praise today, Lord. We love you. We honor you, God. There's no one like you, Lord. I just invite you to lift your hands to him this morning. God, there is nothing like you, Lord. We turn our hearts and our attention to you, Jesus, the only king. You are so worthy of our praise, Father. God, we surrender our hearts to you once again this morning, Lord. No matter where we are, Father, we know that you are with us, God. You never leave us or forsake us, God. And that's why we can depend upon you, Father. You are a firm foundation, Lord. We magnify you this morning, God. When I feel the fear come, oh, I won't run away, even in valley. Your presence is enough when I feel the shaking. I will stand my ground. Cause your presence is enough. You are with me. Father, you for me. Fear will never conquer me. I belong to Jesus. I'm never alone, I'm never abandoned, fear you'll never conquer me, cause I belong to Jesus. Yeah. When I feel the pressure, I won't run away, even attention. Your presence is enough when I'm in the mystery. Oh, I will stand my ground. My God, you are enough. Yes, you are. You are with me. Father, you're for me. Fear never conquer me. Cause I belong to Jesus. I'm never alone, no, I'm never abandoned, fear you'll never conquer me, I belong to Jesus, yeah, I belong to you, Lord, I am yours and you are mine, Savior. Floods came when the wind blew. I was okay. You were right there. You're in every step I take. Yes, you are, Lord. When the night falls, when my heart aches, if I stumble, I will not break. You'll be right there. You're in every step I take. When the rain fell, when the floods came. When the wind blew, I was okay, you were right there, you're in every step I take. When the night falls, when my heart aches, if I stumble, I will not break, you'll be right there, you're in every step I take. You're my shepherd. 
nothing you can't endure there's nothing that you can't face no matter what the valley is he will take you through he'll hold your hand God we thank you for your faithfulness to us so we sing this again you are with me oh and you are with me father you're for me let's sing it out fear will never conquer me I belong to Jesus I'm never alone I'm never abandoned Fear you'll never conquer me I belong to Jesus Amen Come on, let's give him some praise Just clap your hands and thank the Lord That he never abandons us He's so good Amen, amen You may be seated fears that grip our hearts, no fear is greater than the fear of death. There are those who will tell you that death is a natural part of life. But if death is just a part of life, then why does it cause us such anger and sorrow? When God created humanity, he intended for us to grow more and more beautiful over time. But in one tragic moment, we unleashed sin into the world, and everything broke, including our bodies. Death is the ultimate consequence of sin, and it fills God's heart with anger and sorrow even more than it does ours, because death was not a part of God's original plan. The Bible says that when Jesus approached the tomb of his friend Lazarus, he quaked with rage, and his eyes filled with tears. He was overwhelmed by the suffering caused by death, a curse we had brought upon ourselves. Death's curse was physical. Both the world and our bodies were decaying. But death's curse was also spiritual, eternally separating humanity from their creator, the source of all light, love, and life. But because of God's amazing love, he chose to surrender all power and glory to rescue us from death. Jesus, God's only Son, was expelled from the presence of the Father and thrust into complete darkness in our place. He took humanity's curse upon himself, breaking death's grip on us and purchasing humanity a place at the Father's side forever. A day is coming when the true King will return at last to restore the world to its full glory and us with it, renewing both soul and body. You'll still be yourself, but even more so. You'll finally be the real you. On that day, we'll look at each other and say, I always knew you could be like this. I saw glimpses of the real you, flashes of it, and now here you are. 
future is not an ethereal, impersonal one. You're not going to float through the clouds. You're going to walk. You're going to eat. You're going to laugh. You're going to hug. You're going to sing in realms and degrees of power and joy that you cannot now imagine. Some will tell you not to fear death because it's part of life. But Jesus says not to fear death because it's been defeated. And the day will come when Jesus embraces you with his nail-scarred hands and says, Welcome home. I have so much to show you. Man, that gets me every time, every time. Aren't you thankful we have a hope for eternity in heaven? Come on, man. That is the greatest joy we could ever know. Come on. If that's the way that we feel about God now, think about how we'll feel in heaven with him one day. And I want to take a moment and welcome all of those who are here for the very first time. It's a joy and an honor to be with you today. And for those that are joining with us for the first time online, welcome. Can we one more time give it up for all those that are joining with us? Come on. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Well, go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word. And can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now turn to your neighbor and say, happy almost Thanksgiving. Come on. <laughs> it's almost here, folks. It's almost here. You can go ahead and uh, turn in your Bibles, open it up to Colossians chapter 3. But uh, before we get to that, I just want to take a moment and just say we've been in this series called Eternity. And we've been talking about what heaven is going to be like, that, that there is a heaven to gain. And when we look at that, one of the things that I, I wanted to do was answer three specific questions over the last three weeks was, what is heaven really like? What's going to happen in heaven? And then what are we going to do when we get to heaven? Today, I want to talk about that. What are we going to do when we get to heaven. Well, the Bible says there's going to be rejoicing in heaven. We talked about that. It's going to be reunion with other believers. There's going to be a huge celebration. But we're going to be living out our eternal rewards. And last week I touched on the fact that uh, we will, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will bypass what's called the great white throne judgment. Because Jesus, we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. He took our place on the cross and we made that exchange on this earth that our sin was forgiven because of his grace, his mercy, his love, the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross. He took the penalty for our sin. And because we accepted that free gift of salvation, we bypass that great white throne judgment. However, we will in heaven come to a place of judgment. It's really more a place of reward. And it's called the Bema Seat. It's spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we talked a little bit about that. The, the Bema was actually the seat that was held by the judges that would oversee the Olympic Games in those days. And they would see if someone, they were close enough to see if someone was disqualified. But if they were not disqualified, they were given a reward if they not just participated, but if they won the race. 
And of course, we know we still have that today in the Olympics where there's three podiums and it's one that's the highest and another one that's a little lower than that and one that's the lowest, but they all receive a reward for their hard work, for their diligence, for their completion of that assigned race. And so we've seen it. We know that the top one is the, you get the gold medal and the next one you get the silver and the next one you get the bronze. But in those early days, especially in the Roman games, they had a crown that was given. You may have seen it. It kind of looks like a little wreath. You know, we got the Christmas wreaths out today. It was kind of like a little wreath that was placed on the head of the victor, the one that won the crown. And the word crown is used throughout the scriptures as a place of reward, that we will receive a crown and that one day we will cast that crown before the Lord and say, God, you're worthy of it all. But I want to have something to, to be able to lay at his feet to say, you were given, you gave me an assigned task on this earth and I fulfilled obediently and faithfully that assigned task that was given. So we're going to be judged by, by the things that we do. Now it's different from salvation. Salvation is given, as I said, by grace through faith, right? It's, it's by God's grace we're saved, not by works so nobody can boast, so we don't get to heaven because of our good works. However, we will be rewarded based on what we did with what we were given. Are you following this? There is a reward system in heaven. And again, we talked a little bit about this, but this crown, this word crown in the Greek was translated the badge of honor or the prize for winning. And there's five specific crowns that are mentioned in the New Testament passages that are awarded to the faithful Believers, I'm going to quickly mention these five crowns that are mentioned in the New Testament. First one is called the imperishable crown or the incorruptible crown. It's found in 1 Corinthians 9, 25, and I alluded to it that all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way to receive the, the prize. And this, is, this incorruptible, imperishable crown is given to those believers who practiced discipline and perseverance. Friends, do you know when you want to give up and don't give up on Christ, do you know that you'll be rewarded with a crown in heaven for that? Do you know for your discipline of, of waking up early and praying and talking to the Lord and spending time in the word and then diligently seeking his face and then following in obediently in his commands, even when you don't want to, do you know you're going to be rewarded with a crown in heaven for that? And the Bible talks about that. There's another crown, the crown of rejoicing or the crown of exaltation. You've heard in Luke 15 where it says there's rejoicing in heaven over one that came to know the Lord. One lost person that came to know Jesus. But how will they know unless they hear? And how will they hear unless someone tells them? And so this is a crown that's received by those of us who have practiced evangelism here on earth, who have told the gospel message, who've told the story of Jesus to others, and they've come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior because of your willingness to share. That's your witness. And the Bible says that we'll be rewarded for that. As a matter of fact, I'm believing, now I can't say scripturally we can see exactly this, but I'm believing that one day we will look upon those who we've witnessed to and they are in heaven because we made a, a willful choice to reach out with the love of Christ and they're going to welcome us and thank us in heaven. I truly believe that with all my heart. You can see it in uh, Philippians 4.1 and 1 Thessalonians 2.19. The apostle Paul says, you're my joy and you're my crown. 
And he's talking to those who he churches that he planted and people that came to know Christ because of his ministry. And he said, I'm so thankful. So we receive a reward specifically for our evangelism. Next is the crown of righteousness found in 2 Timothy 4, 8. This is those who love God and look forward to his appearing. Here's what it says. It says, given to all those who have longed for and looked for Christ's return. Can I tell you something? I understand when we as believers get caught up in the things of this world. I get it. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of stress in this world. There's a lot of issues in this world, right? There's a lot of fun in this world and a lot of enjoyment in this world. But it's like that kid who, you know, in, in, in kids' church, they said, how many of you want to go to heaven? And, and, and everybody raised their hand. All the little kids raised their hand except for one. Little Johnny kept his hand down. And the children's pastor was kind of confused. He said, Johnny, you, you don't want to go to heaven? He said, no. He said, mom said I have to go home right after church today. I can't go to heaven. I don't have time for that. You know, and little Johnny might be confused about it, but some of us adults get a little confused too. We think that earth is all there is, and we put all of our focus, all of our time, all of our attention, all of our energy on the things that are happening, the here and the now, and we forget there is a heaven to gain, and one day, those who long to be with Jesus and long for his soon return will receive a crown, a reward in heaven. It's called the crown of righteousness. In 1 Peter 5, it talks about another crown, the crown of glory. And this is specifically for those who are elders, pastors, and leaders who shepherd the sheep of God, who, who pastor and minister to the believer. This is what the Bible says about that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. Shepherd, guide, and guard God's flock, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing and eager to serve. Can I just tell you, this is not a job for me. I'm just telling you, like th this is not just a, a job that I go to so I can make a living. This is a calling from God that he placed on my life at a very young age. And I'm, I'm simply living out that calling to bless you as the people of God with God's word, to encourage you and to equip you for the work of the ministry that you can now receive a crown because of that. And I can just tell you, my wife and I, the pastors on this staff, we don't do it to receive a reward here on earth. We do it to receive a reward in heaven. That's why I'm careful when I communicate that, uh, I, I, and I, I am careful to say what I'm about to say, but I, I, I shudder and I cringe when I hear some pastors preach when they're talking to the sheep or the, pa the, 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 the parishioners, the people of God, the believers. I mean, you understand that we're, ch we're God's children, and I just have to say, like, I really love my children, but if somebody talked down to my children, man, I would have a problem with that. And, and let me just say it another way. There's another analogy in scripture that talks about that we are the bride of Christ. So let me just say it like this. It's one thing if you talk down to my kids, but if you talk down to my wife, look, them, I may not look like much, but I will take you out. I will take this jacket off. Right? Because you're talking about my wife. Now, how much more so does God in heaven, when he talks about the church, his bride, or his saints, the people of God, the children of God, his kids, when somebody talks down to them? And I've heard pastors and preachers talking down to a congregation in manipulation. 
or, or, or arrogantly or rudely or obnoxiously or, or mean, mean-spirited. And I'm like, dude, you're going to have to answer to God in heaven one day about how you treated his bride and his kids. There's a, there's a crown, there's a reward in heaven. Your elders, those who serve faithfully and pray for you faithfully, they're going to receive a special crown, a reward in heaven because of their faithfulness. And every leader in this house, you don't have to have the term or title pastor, every leader who's loved the people of God, there's a reward, there's a crown. It's called the crown of glory. Finally, the crown of life mentioned in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that, in, that these are, this is the totality of all the rewards and crowns given. This is just the ones that are specifically mentioned there in the New Testament. But it's called the crown of life, and it's the martyr's crown is another term for it. And it's those who endure trials and suffering. It says, be faithful, Revelation 2.10. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Can I just ask, is there anything in your life worth dying for? Is there anything that you're willing to sacrifice your own reputation for? If anything, it should be the cause of Christ. James chapter 1 verse 12 says it like this. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive, here it is, the crown of life that God has promised. Everybody say promised. To those who love him. Friends, God's watching. He's watching everything we do and everything we do every day, every decision, every moment has eternal implications. God's watching not to beat you over the head because you did it wrong, but to bless you because you did it right. He's waiting to bless you. He's waiting to reward in heaven your actions when they were good, your attitudes when they were good, your words when they were good, your thoughts that nobody else can actually see or know. God wants to reward your good thoughts. When you take those negative thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and you turn it toward the things of God and you speak life over your situation, God sees it and he'll reward it. The prayers that you've prayed, every time you prayed for somebody, it will be rewarded in heaven. Every time you practiced generosity on this earth to serve and give to others, the Bible says you'll be blessed and you will be rewarded because of it. For your service, for your sacrifice, for your ministry, for the times that you blessed people, for the time that you evangelized and reached out. Matter of fact, that's the greatest reward we could receive to populate heaven. The greatest reward is bringing others to Christ. And I'm just going to let you know right here and now that over the next month, knowing that Christmas is probably the most strategic time for people to come to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I want you to know that I'm strategizing and already preparing for those Christmas messages in the month of December, that all of them will be evangelistic in nature so that you can invite friends and family and loved ones and people that are you know, at your work or your neighbors, that they will be able to come to a place where they'll hear the crystal clear gospel message of Jesus Christ. This is the time. The strategy is now to be able to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. I said it last week. Even atheists are accidentally singing Christmas songs. How many know? They're singing biblical theology about Jesus, the hope for eternity. And we're going to live out in heaven the rewards or what I called the eternal heavenly retirement package. Y'all know what retirement is. You work hard, right, on this earth, and then you save up your money so that one day that you can retire 
and enjoy all the work that you, you had. You enjoy now the benefits of working hard. And so it is in the kingdom of God. You'll receive your eternal reward based on what you did on this earth. Again, it's, it's not, that, that's not salvation. You get to heaven by grace through faith. But you receive your reward based on what you've done on the earth. Matthew 10 says it like this in verse 42. Even if you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Friends, when you put together that box, that Thanksgiving box to feed Dothan, friends, nobody else may know your name that's assigned to that box, but God knows. He sees it and he will reward it. I think about the rewards that are going to be given to the volunteers, the ones that serve here at Dothan First. And across the, the city, I'm not suggesting that in church is the only time or place to serve God. You can serve God in various ways, and many of you do throughout our community to be a, a blessing, God's hands extended. But I just think about all the different ministries, the Kids First Ministry. Right now, there are people right, right now just a few feet away from us in the children's ministry over there and back here who have given their time, their resources. They got up early to be a, and put a smile on their face and watching your children. And look, I know you think your children are little angels, but when you drop them off, let me tell you something. That little halo sometimes turns into a... Anyway, I'm just saying it's... <laughs> And they love your kiddos. And they're going to get rewarded in heaven because of it. Those that serve in our youth ministry, they're going to be rewarded. Those that serve in our old friends ministry, they're going to be rewarded. Every meal you made to help a, a young mom who just gave birth and is coming home from the hospital and you made him a meal or someone who's passed away and you feed the family of that lost loved one and, and you take care of them. Friends, can I tell you, every time you serve, the, the light ministry and the sound ministry, those that are serving right now behind the stage, in our video ministry, those who are getting that prepared for those to watch online, can I just tell you, every single time you minister for the security team that's watching over your protection, for the greeters that greet you on the way in and get here early to make sure that you're taken care of, for the ushers, can I just tell you, every time you serve God, it will be seen and rewarded in heaven. And friends, you're not serving the church or the people of this church, you're serving God. The Bible says there'll be a priceless crown. It's earned in heaven. We receive a reward for our service on the earth. Friends, can I just tell you, God gave you time and talent and treasure. And you can use that for yourself to gain your own personal rewards here on the earth. Or you can gain heaven's reward. The Bible says that you can store up those treasures in heaven. Well, how do you do that? Well, you determine where and when you receive your reward. Right? Do you want it in this life or the next life? Do you want it to, to serve your own popularity and your own fame and your own wealth and your own power to enjoy it just for a few years? Or do you want to store up and build up your treasure in heaven where you give it away and you'll receive rewards that will last for eternity? The Bible says where moth and rust cannot destroy. You have the choice of where you get it. The, the question is, are you living in the light of eternity? And the Bible says if you live in light of eternity, thinking of the eternal things and not just the temporary things, you'll be rewarded in ways that will last forever. Whatever you've done for Christ will last for eternity. Okay, so what are we going to do in heaven? 
Well, I've, I've seen on different tombstones, R.I.P., rest in peace. So does that mean we're just going to sleep all the time in eternity? Now, let me just say this. I don't mind a good night's sleep. And I, and I can just tell you, the older I get, man, they're, uh, waking up you know, on certain days where I did not get good sleep, I can just tell you, there's going to come a day where you're not going to have to get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom, okay? I'm just saying, there's going to be days, there's going to be times where you'll sleep and you won't be woken up in the middle of the night with all the, the, the difficulties and the struggles that your mind is racing over for the next day or the next week or how you're going to pay your bills. There's going to come a day where you're going to get true rest and that will truly be part of your reward here it is, Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. Blessed are those who die in the service of the Lord. This is people like Joan Odessa. For they will enjoy rest from their hard work, right? Talking about here on earth. Because, listen, here's why they'll be able to rest and enjoy that rest. It's because the results of their service, everybody say the results of their service, will go with them. All your service on earth will go with you in heaven and you'll have that as part of your reward. Totally unburdened in heaven, totally rested and refreshed. But the question is, are we just going to sleep all day in heaven? Is that, that would be boring. I'm just saying, have you ever slept too long? Come on, somebody. You slept too long and you're tired the rest of the day. That's not what we're talking about here. There's going to be so many. It's not going to be a permanent retirement where you veg out and do nothing all day in heaven. All right? What will you do besides resting in heaven? Well, there's a lot of things that we do on earth that we're going to do in heaven. Now, I talk about this in Grow Track, and I've mentioned it different times in the past, but this is like the five markers of our church. What we teach and how we teach it is based on the five purposes that God gives in his word, five purposes that we live for here on the earth. And if you're wondering why you're here on the earth, Here's the five reasons that you're on the earth and what you ought to do with the time that you're given. Here it is. The five purposes that God gives in life is, number one, God wants you to know him and to love him here on the earth. That's called worship. Worship is not a song on a Sunday morning. It is a lifestyle, right? It's knowing God and loving God. That's the first thing we need to do as a purpose on the earth. The second thing is that we connect with others in the family of God. That's called fellowship. What you're doing right now is part of what we'll do in heaven, but it's something that you need to practice here on earth. Let me just stop and say this. If you don't make church attendance a priority, how do you think your kids are going to make it a priority? When you see it as just here today, gone tomorrow, maybe, maybe not, should, shouldn't, not really sure, I have, listen, let me stop and say this because I really feel burdened to say this. I don't talk about this much because it is not about populating this church. It's about populating heaven. But it breaks my heart when, when good, godly families who are trying to do what's right, they prioritize everything else over church and then they wonder why their kids are not serving God when they get older. And this is not an indictment. Listen, this is not an indictment. If you have adult children that are not serving the Lord today, they make willful choices. Come on, somebody. 
They make willful decisions. Uh, it could be completely against what you taught and raised them with. And I understand that. And this is not an indictment. But I'm telling you one thing right here, right now. It, you're the adult that's supposed to teach them the priorities of life. And if you choose not to prioritize the things of God or the word of God or what he says, part of the five purposes on the earth to fellowship with other believers, and you don't put them in a place to hear from God or respond to God or respect God or understand God's word or hear God's word more effectively through the times that we offer, then you're missing out on eternal rewards and you're training that child in the way they should go. There's a way that seems right to, to people, but the end leads to death. And sometimes we misrepresent the significance of earth and underestimate the authority of heaven. I think we need to take ourselves less seriously because sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. I think sometimes we need to take ourselves less seriously and take God more seriously. I think just personally, and I'm a sports enthusiast, and you know how much I love sports. I played every sport out there, and I coached my son in just about every sport out there. But I'm just telling you, there is a, there is a cascading wave over kiddos, little ones, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, that sports is everything. And I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, in the light of eternity, sports is not everything. It's fun. It's team building. It helps. But I'm just promising you, friends, when they get to heaven they're not going to tell how many yards they carried the ball but they will have to tell what they knew about God and what they did with the things that they knew about God I, 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 I'm so far off my notes but I'm telling you I sense I, I sense there are times where I have to say certain things to, to caution you to prioritize the things of God it's so important and I watched football games last, last night. I'm just saying, so don't, don't mishear me. I, I enjoy it too. But eternal rewards are way more important. God wants us next to grow in our character, to become like him. This is called discipleship. We need to grow in our character and read God's word and become like what God's word tells us to. And then, then the next is we want to serve others by using our talents, our gifts, our abilities. That's called our ministry. When we, when we don't just use it for our job, but we use it to serve, right? That's called ministry. And God will reward us. And all four of those things we can do in heaven. And we will do in heaven. We'll have worship in heaven. We'll have fellowship in heaven. We'll have discipleship in heaven. We'll have ministry in heaven. But... The last one, God wants you to go and share the good news about his love with others. That's called evangelism. So all but one of those things we'll do in heaven, right? Have you ever wondered why God would leave you on the earth? I mean, dear Lord, this, this earth has got problems and pain. Why would he leave you in a place of sorrow and disappointment, and discouragement and frustration? Why, why would he leave you in a place of pain and struggle on this earth? There's one reason. Because God does not want anyone to perish and not know him. He wants everyone to come to repentance. He wants everyone to have the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so our number one priority on the earth that we won't do in heaven is evangelize the world, is to love people enough. Listen, somebody cared enough about you to bring you to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, to let you know about Jesus. Do you love others the same way to share the love of Jesus Christ with them? So we're going to love God and love others in heaven. But the only reason we're still here on the earth 
is to let people know about Jesus. Matthew 5, 21 says it like this. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. So now I'm going to give you many more. What's that, what's that word? Responsibilities. Everybody say responsibilities. And then he says, let's celebrate together. So in heaven, we're going to be assigned responsibilities that we will enjoy. Listen, God knows what will make you truly happy and what will make you totally fulfilled, what you love to do, and he knows what you hate to do. And I'm going to tell you, those things that you're really good at, God blessed you and gifted you with that for a reason. And you don't cease to be good at those things when you get to heaven. God's going to honor those things. Have you ever had that time? And I told my kids this long ago when they were young. I said, when you're getting ready to go after your career, do something that you love to do so much that you'd gladly do it for free. And then become so good at it that you would get paid to do it. And that'll be your calling. That'll be your ministry. That'll be an outlet for your service. It's not just about making money. It's about making a living, right? When we talk about making a living, some people make a living. They just don't have a life because <laughs> they, they're, they're working to achieve financial rewards, but they're not really. How many of you have had that moment where you've done something and you feel so good about it? You just feel a pride in your, I mean, and it's just a good kind of pride. It's a godly pride. It's like, man, for this, I was born. For this, I was made. You know what I'm talking about? When you do that, it's what you're feeling is God's smile of approval that you're doing what you were born to do. And that's why he gave you different fingerprints, that each of you would have a different assignment, that what you put your hands to would prosper. So it's not going to be frustrating work with a tyrant boss. You're going to have God in heaven, right? The God of the universe is going to give you fulfilling work. Matthew 25, 21 in another translation says, now I'll put you in charge of many things. In heaven, you're going to be put in charge of some things. Did you know that? Based on how well you manage what you were given here on earth, if you're faithful in handling a few things, on earth he'll give you even more. Greater position is what the Bible says. If you're faithful with the talent and the treasure here on earth, you'll, give it, you'll be given more talent and treasure in heaven. When you're faithful with the possessions you've been given here on earth, you'll be given more in heaven. With, when you're faithful with the influence that you've been given, you'll be given more influence in heaven. If you are a good manager, listen, on earth, you'll be able to manage more in heaven. This life is a test. Your whole life is a resume. You're writing a resume for heaven and what you're going to be doing in heaven. What you're doing on earth, this would be like 80 to 100 years of a temporary assignment. This is the preschool, (laughs) For the real school. This is the dress rehearsal before the play. This is the warm-up before the big game. You are now being tested so one day you can be trusted. Are you following this? Will you trust God when you have questions and doubts? Will you be faithful and obey God when it's unpopular? God's looking to reward your faithfulness. Will you be faithful with your time or will you squander it and waste it? Will you be faithful with your body? with your mind, with your soul, with your spirit? Will you be faithful, listen, with your money? Are you going to spend it all on yourself? You can waste your life or you can spend your life or you can invest your life. Wasting your life on things that don't matter, spending your life on things that don't matter, or you can invest your life on things that will outlast it in heaven. How is God using you to invest your life and what has he given you 
What are you doing with what he's given you? God says, if you invest in what I gave you on the earth, I'll give you more in heaven. Faithful in a little, I'll make you charge over much. And unfortunately, most people are failing miserably this test. They're living totally for themselves, 100%, right? Here and now, not in the light of eternity. But here and now will soon be over, but there are trillions of years we're going to spend in eternity. The Bible calls this life a a mist, a vapor, a, a tiny breath. But in eternity, we'll have trillions of years where we'll live in the glory based on what we've been given and what we did with it. You're going to be given assignments in heaven, put in charge of things based on how well you manage things, how well, as I said, you manage your money on the earth with what God gave you, your talent and your treasure, what he gave you. This is called the principle of stewardship. And every decision you make, every moment has the eternal implications of what he's going to put you in charge of. The Bible says you'll be co-ruling and co-reigning with him. You know what that means? In the kingdom of heaven, God's the ruler, right? He's the CEO, but he may, he may make you the CFO or the CIO, right? Or the, the vice president in charge or the director in charge of certain things in heaven. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, we'll be ruling over angels. I don't know what that means exactly. I'm not exactly sure. Some scholars believe that that means you're going to be the star witness uh, at the trial of, of the, to judge the demons that tormented you on the earth. Boy, that, that'd be a great thought if it's true. But the Bible says we'll rule and reign with Christ for eternity. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. If we endure hardship for Christ, we will also what? Rule and reign with him. Revelation 22, 3 through 5, it says this. The throne of God and Jesus will be in the heavenly city. And uh, uh, those of us, his servants, that's us, will serve him. And it goes on to say, and they will reign forever and ever. So you're going to have rest in heaven. You're going to be reunited with friends and loved ones in heaven that know Jesus. You're going to receive rewards in heaven, but you will be reassigned new responsibilities in heaven. And the more faithful you were on the earth, the more faithful responsibilities God will give you in heaven. Let's talk about those responsibilities quickly. How dependable have you been? How faithful have you been? How trustworthy have you been? How kingdom-minded? When I say kingdom, I'm not talking about my kingdom or our kingdom. I'm talking about God's kingdom. How kingdom-minded have you been? The Bible says some of us will be rewarded a lot and others will be rewarded a little based on what we've been given and what we did with it. Luke 16, verses 10 and 11. If you're faithful in the little things, talking about here on earth, you'll be faithful in the larger ones, talking about heaven. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with the greater responsibility. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, this is talking about what God gave you on the earth, who's going to trust you with heavenly riches? Listen, how you manage your money is a test of your faithfulness, your responsibility, and your rewards in heaven. It's talking about stewardship. Look at, when you look at that, money management is more than a Dave Ramsey class. Come on, somebody. If you're constantly living in debt, you don't tithe, you're not generous, how can God trust you with heavenly riches, the true riches, if he can't trust you? Listen, with 10%, how can he trust you with true riches? Think about this. And, and let me just stop and say this. Tithing is about trusting. Tithing is about trusting. 
It's about money management. It's about spiritual stewardship. Some people believe, man, I, you know, I just, <clears throat> I, don't, I think that's an Old Testament concept and I don't believe in that. And that's fine. You can believe whatever you want to believe. But the New Testament church, the Bible says, sold all they had. The, the, the point is total generosity because this earth is not our home. It's short. It's quick. And, and when, you, when you live in such a way, when you live like a miser, God can't trust you with true riches. And I'm talking about your time, your talent, your treasure, every bit of it. God says there are investments that you will make that will last for eternity. Store up your treasure in heaven. And the Bible says in Matthew 19, whatever you give up for me here on earth, I will restore, listen, a hundredfold. You know what that means? If you give $10,000, God says, I'm going to give you a million in heaven. Now, some people do the name it, claim it game where they talk all about money and it's all about, you know, you write a check to the church and you get a Cadillac or something. That, that's nonsense. And by the way, if you gave a million, it ain't going to affect my paycheck at all. We have a board of directors that oversee our finances. And they, each of these pastors are given a set salary. It's not based just like on uh, some percentage of the church or something like that. It, otherwise, I couldn't preach with this kind of, uh, of passion. I'd feel awkward. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, give, give. So I can get, get. No, no, no. <laughs> that ain't the way it rolls, friends. We are advancing the kingdom of God. That is the totality of the scriptures that we are advancing the kingdom of God. When you give, all you're doing is accelerating the gospel message. That's how we live. That's how we function as a church. Man, listen, I want to go to heaven too. And I couldn't do it with a clear conscience if, I, if that was the way I lived. Talking about money to get? Are you kidding me? We get to give, to get to give, to get to give for the kingdom's advancement. And I'm telling you, friends, my wife and I, we've tithed and given in generosity all of our married life and all of our ministry life and even before I met Michelle. Why? Because I want to store up treasure in heaven. Matter of fact, I've invested my entire lifetime so that I can get my bank account in heaven. Every moment I ministered at midnight to a, the need of a saint that was going through something tragic. And, and I'm not saying that to toot my horn. I'm saying every time you did something for the kingdom of God, it will be rewarded. And, and I feel like God's he, he's given us a moment in time to reflect on what we're doing with what we've been given. I don't think you understand how much we've been given. You need to go with us on a, like a third world missions trip. And you need to see what we see. Because I'm just telling you, there's Christians, there's believers in third world countries that are living in poverty. They're, they're living with next to nothing. They, when they get a Bible, you got like 10 Bibles and half of them are dusty in your house. They grab a Bible and it's everything to them. They'll, they'll rip out literal one page and they'll memorize one page at a time because they, they so, they're so desperate for the word. Matter of fact, because of your generosity, we've been able to give to pastors who are in third world countries who don't have any resources and we've helped them get a degree, a Bible degree, so they can properly train their congregations. Too much is given, much is required. And when we invest our time and our talents and our money and our life into the things of God, we'll be rewarded in heaven, every single decision. So how do we get the rewards? And I'm going to invite the worship team to come as we close out.
Here it is. Here's how we get to heaven to receive the rewards. It's very important. Jesus said in Matthew 7, the door to heaven is narrow. It's narrow. Heaven is perfect. I'm not. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But here's what it said. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The good news is this. The good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven. He makes us right in God's sight. Listen, when we put our faith and our trust in Christ to save us. This is accomplished from start to finish. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. As the scripture says, the man who finds life will find it through trusting in God. That's how we get to a perfect heaven. And I just want you to know, we're made right when we put our faith and trust in the, what the Bible called the sacrificial lamb. The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Who is that? It's Jesus. Every time you see lamb in the New Testament, he's talking about Jesus. As a matter of fact, when you look back to the Old Testament sacrificial system, what you find in the 10 plagues in Egypt is they, remember, they, they took the blood of an innocent lamb and they, they would spread that blood over the doorpost of the home. And the Bible says that the death angel had to pass over that house because it had the blood of an innocent lamb applied to the doorpost of their home. And so it is with us symbolically that we have the blood of Jesus Christ applied over the doorpost of our life. And we say yes to God. We say yes to Jesus and his sacrifice. And because of that, we receive the reward. Jesus is the spotless lamb of God who died once and for all. How do you get to heaven? You gotta have your name in the Lamb's book of life. You say, Mark, what is that? Well, the Bible says there's many rooms, many mansions in God's house. But listen, you've gotta have an advanced reservation to stay in his hotel. You know, you know this because you do it all the time. You go on Expedia or you go on one of the hotels.com and when you're about ready to go on vacation, some of you plan months in advance because you know you're getting ready to go to a nice place where it's a busy season and you know that the room reservations are gonna be limited and so you get on there in advance, two, three, four months in advance and you make a reservation, an advanced reservation. You don't just show up. You anticipate your preordained travel plans and you call ahead. You take the time to call ahead. And when you get there, you book that room. It's advanced reservation. Revelation 21, 27 says it like this. Only those whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life who had the advanced reservation will get into heaven. The book of life. Is your name in it? If your name's in it, you get in. If your name's not in it, you don't get in. So how do you get in? Jesus said, I'm the way. He's the only way. You put your trust in the Son of God who loves you, gave himself for you, sacrificed. He paid for your sins to be forgiven. And then he said, then your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. Do you have, listen, that reservation book in heaven, do you have your name in there? And you better know. Matter of fact, you can't die and then decide. You don't get that alternative solution. You, you do it before you die the advanced reservation. When Jesus was with his 12 disciples here on earth, the Bible said that Jesus sent them out into ministry on a missions trip. And he said, you're gonna do miracles. It's gonna be awesome. You're gonna see great things and you're gonna cast out demons and it's gonna be awesome. And sure enough, he sends the 12 out and they go out there and it is amazing. Sure enough, they see miracles. People are getting healed. 
demons are getting cast out of people and they come back together and they like, this is awesome. They start rejoicing. Hey man, I did this and I was able to do this and with God's help and God's power, I was able to cast out devils and I was able to see miracles and we saw healings and all this stuff and Jesus quiets down the celebration. He goes, look, guys, it's great that you're celebrating over those things when I gave you the authority to do them. But can I just tell you, don't celebrate all those things. You need to do this. Celebrate Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Jesus said, instead, you should rejoice. Why? Because your names are registered in heaven. The moment you trust in Christ, your name is written down. And I'm going to invite you right now to make a willful choice here on this earth while you yet have time, breath in your lungs, to make a willful decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and to have eternity secured that your name would be written down in heaven, registered. It's time to make an advanced reservation right now. And for those of you in this room who don't know the Lord or have never really known the Lord and make, made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can do that in just a moment. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm simply going to invite you to make a willful choice to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The second group I'm going to talk to is those of you in this room that are uh, you're believers, but you've, you've gone wayward. You've made some wrong choices. There's sin that's separating you from God, and you need to turn back to trust Christ, to put your faith back in him. The Bible says that wayward child is like the prodigal that, that ran away from the father's love. Today, you need to return home. And finally, there's going to be a group of you as believers, as Christians. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. You, you know the Lord. You love the Lord. You've got your name written down in heaven. But you've been living for the rewards here on earth and the smile of other people and the pat on the back here on earth. And I can just tell you, as great as that feeling is, and it's not wrong to receive, but do you have anything stored up in heaven? God's looking for spiritual stewardship. And he's calling on you as believers to take inventory of the time that you've spent or wasted on the earth. That you can now, having heard this message, take the time to invest for eternity. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, in this moment, as we've heard about heaven and what it's going to be like, there's going to be rewards and it's going to be great, but we'll be also assigned things based on what we've done here on earth, how well we've managed what you've given us. And I just simply pray that you would do something strategic in the lives of each person in this house and those watching online, that we would really recognize your Lord, Lord of all. You, Lord means master and boss. You're the boss of us. We resign as the boss of our own life and we make you boss of our life. Teach us to trust you. If you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, there may be some in this room you'd say, Mark, I fit into one of those three categories. The first category is those who maybe don't know the Lord, have never made a willful choice, but today you want to. The second is those of you who've been wayward. You've walked away from the things of God. You've been functioning in willful disobedience or sin. The Bible says sin separates us from God, but God's love is calling you back. If you fit into either of those two categories, I'm going to invite you to do this. I just want you to slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer that I might truly make Jesus Lord and I can secure my name in heaven. If that's you, all across this place, I'm going to ask you to do this on the count of three. One, two, 
free. Slip that hand up. If that's you, come on, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. Yes, over here, God bless you. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am, God bless you. I'm just looking in the balcony, just letting my eyes scan across the main floor under the balcony. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, God bless you over here. Anybody else? That's you. Say, Mark, I just want my name written in heaven. I want to be, I want to know that I know. The Bible says these things have been written that you might know that you have eternal life. You can know for sure before you leave today. Those watching online, you can know. God says you can know right now by making that commitment. Anybody else? God bless you. You can put your hands down. Now I'm going to invite those of you who are seasoned saints in the room, those who know Jesus, love Jesus. You've been walking with him faithfully, but just being honest, this message has reminded you of the significance of the reward system in heaven. And you say, Mark, I need to reprioritize the things that I do on this earth with my time and my talent and my treasure. If that's you, can you slip up your hands all over this place, Christians everywhere? Yeah, God bless you. So many hands, so many hands. It's a reminder. This is a reminder. That's okay. Reminders are good. We all need them. God bless you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to invite you into this simple prayer. Those watching online and here in the room, can you say this prayer out loud after me? Everybody say it, but especially those who lifted your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I give you my time. I give you my talent. I give you my treasure. I believe that you'll reward me in heaven. I believe that you died and rose again for me, Jesus. And I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you just stand up with me and can you put your hands together and celebrate all those who made a decision for Christ today? Come on, man. All of heaven rejoices. Now, can you just put your hands up and worship the King with me? Come on, let's celebrate King Jesus today. And you are with me. Father, you pour me. Fear will never come. I belong to Jesus I'm never alone I'm never abandoned Fear you'll never conquer me Cause I belong to Jesus You are with me Yes, you are with me Father, you're for me Thank you, Lord Fear you'll never conquer I'm never alone, I'm never abandoned, oh fear you'll never conquer me, I belong to Jesus, fear you'll never, fear you'll never conquer me, I belong to Jesus, thank you Lord, we belong to Jesus. We are not our own. The Bible says we've been bought with a price. So honor God with your body 
And I'm going to release you with a blessing in just a moment. But before I do, I want to dismiss some of our leadership team. They're going to head out to be able to greet you on the way out. And for those that are first-time guests, we have a guest reception prepared for you right after this service out in the foyer and to your left. You'll just see a sign that says guest reception. Listen, if you've never been back there before, uh, but you've been coming to the church a little while and we haven't had a chance to personally greet you, we'd love to do that. Or if you're a first-time guest here in the house, we'd love to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. And we'd love to just meet you. I promise we won't take up a bunch of your time. We just want to meet you and just be able to shake your hand and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. Well, don't forget, this Wednesday, we don't have any services because we're going to have a, a special time of celebration with family. And I encourage you to take that time to be thankful for everything God's given you. Listen, don't just eat turkey and fall asleep and watch the lions lose. You know what I'm saying? Take time to be thankful for what God's gifted you with, for your family, your friends. And I'm going to release you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, your friends, your co-workers. To those who are close, like your neighbors. I bless you to bless your spouse and your kids and grandkids. I bless you to bless people and to be thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Do with the time you've been given the best you can to serve Jesus. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed.